You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey everyone, welcome to MLB.com Extras. We're talking Mets baseball today, and we bring in our Mets.com reporter, Anthony DiComo. DiComo, how are you feeling? How's everything going? Going well, going well. How are you? Good. Just kind of recovering from Thanksgiving, a little bit of turkey and stuffing hangover, but hey, we're back in the baseball game. That's what I like. Uh, let's talk a little bit about some reports recently with the Mets considering a deal to land Adam Lind after Sandy Alderson says that Dominic Smith would have to win the first base job. What's the latest here? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the thinking is kind of unchanged from when the Mets went into the offseason, and we knew they were going to look at guys like Adam Lind, uh, Logan Morrison, I think, fits into that category, a couple of others. Uh, you know, they want guys who can play first base but who also have a little bit of flexibility to play elsewhere. Uh, and the reason is largely uh, because they don't know what they're going to get from Dominic Smith. Um, you know, he had a chance last August, last September, to debut and to blow them away and to kind of put to bed all those questions about his conditioning and about his ability to hit for power and about uh, whatever. And he didn't do any of it, really. Um, you know, he came in from the minors, uh, certainly having gained a little weight from where he was in spring training, where he had looked great. Um, he did hit for power at the big leagues, but he didn't really hit for a lot else. Uh, his defense, which had been a hallmark of his game throughout his minor league career, really suffered at the big league level. Uh, so he, he certainly didn't just take the job and, and run with it, and he put the Mets in a position where they are very hesitant and will not just say Dominic Smith is our first baseman. Um, now, answering people's tweets, and we did an inbox this week, and I answered a question about this, I think people are mistaking this as a the Mets have given up on Dominic Smith. Uh, this one-time top prospect is no longer in their plans. That, that's not the case at all. He's still very much in their plans. Uh, he could still potentially come into spring training, even if the Mets do sign a first base type this winter and win the job. And that's part of the reason why they want someone like an Adam Lind with flexibility, someone who can play the outfield potentially if Mike Conforto is not ready to go on opening day, uh, someone who doesn't necessarily have to gobble up all of the at-bats at first base if Dominic Smith does prove uh, over the offseason that he has improved, that he's dropped some weight, that he's looking good, that he's ready to go as a big league first baseman. Um, you know, there are a lot of moving parts here, and I, I think certainly the Mets are right in, in that they're going around and shopping for someone who can play first base, but it, it's really not a condemnation of long-term Dominic Smith. What it is is a, an acknowledgement that, you know, this guy has not won the everyday job yet and is not, at this point, the Mets' everyday first baseman. How, at this point, is it possible in 2017 for a player to struggle with their weight? With everything that's available, all the resources that are available at their fingertips, whether it's a nutritionist or a trainer, that they can still struggle to, you know, have any any sort of issues with their conditioning? Yeah, you know, it's a long season, particularly in the minor leagues. And one of the things that I thought was interesting that Dominic Smith said about at the end of the season uh, was he said, well, now that I'm up in the big leagues, it's going to be a lot easier. And uh, what you need to understand is that, you know, these guys have late-night flights and bus rides, and they're in these small towns where oftentimes the only place you can go to eat that's open is a fast-food restaurant and things of that nature. They don't have these fancy uh, kitchen staff and nutritionists and everything that you have at the big league level. So it's, it's, it's a lot more difficult to do when you're coming up 
through the system. And, and some guys, you know, just because they're professional athletes uh, doesn't mean, you know, they're all the fittest people on earth. You know, some people struggle with this more than others. And Dominic Smith, obviously, throughout his career, uh, this has been a question about him since the day he was drafted. He's obviously had a tougher time with it than a lot of people do. So, uh, you know, the hope is that what he did last off season when he came in, he dropped, I want to say, about 30 pounds coming into spring training, wound up putting a bunch of it back on during the season. But the hope is that he can take what he did last off season and kind of further it and, and replicate it, but then also hold on to those gains. And if he is going to be at the big league level uh, full-time, starting in April, um, that he can use those resources that you talked about at his disposal, that he can use the kitchen staff and the nutrition staff and the training staff, and that's making a point this winter uh, to hire more people to their training staff in an effort to be a little more proactive about those sorts of wellness things, not just eating and nutrition, but rest and the way in which guys work out between games and so on and so forth uh, so that he can maintain a healthy weight throughout the season. Um, I, I think it is something that's difficult for him, but it's not an obstacle that he cannot overcome. All right, let's move on to second base where the Mets have an opening. There's obviously a list of possibilities out there. Mets have had talks with the Tigers on a deal for Ian Kinsler, possibly the four-time all-star second baseman. What are the chances you believe Ian Kinsler plays for the Mets next year? I think it's slim. I think any trade for a really big name like that is going to be tough for the Mets to pull off because there's going to be competition. And and frankly, the Mets don't have a ton of prospects that are going to interest other teams. And, you know, short of that, you pay a little more so you don't have to give up good prospects. Well, the Mets don't have the appetite to take on a ton of payroll where they can sort of discount what they're giving to other teams. So, uh, you know, they will add a second baseman at some point. I'm not sure it will come via trade. It could come via free agency. Uh, Neil Walker is another name that has popped up, and, and certainly Mets fans are very familiar with him. Um, but it is a hole they have to fill, and I think what we've seen from some of these rumors who have come out early in the offseason is that the Mets, as they have said publicly, are seem like they're pretty committed to acquiring a second baseman instead of a third baseman. And they had his dribble Cabrera who could go either way. His dribble Cabrera will start somewhere in the infield. And the thought at the end of the season was, well, maybe he could play second and they would, then they would acquire a third baseman. But it looks like the opposite is going to happen. It looks like his dribble will be the everyday third baseman and the Mets will acquire a second baseman. Um, will be Ian Kinsler. Is certainly he's a fit. Certainly he's the type of player that the Mets would like with that little bit of power over there at second base. They've always kind of gravitated towards players of that nature. Um, but will it be him specifically? I, I think it's going to be difficult for the Mets to swing a deal that's appetizing both to them and to the Tigers. Uh, it's, it's going to be potentially a longer process at second base. I think, you know, as opposed to maybe relief pitching where the Mets are going to want to strike quickly, maybe even for that first base market we just talked about, where they're going to potentially want to strike quickly. I think second base could, could potentially drag out a little bit. Um, there are some interesting options. There are some flawed options. I'm not sure there's this one perfect option out there that the Mets are really going to put all their resources into to try and acquire. So it's going to be interesting to see this unfold, but yeah, I think uh, it's pretty clear at this point that second base is a priority for them. You mentioned Neil Walker, the 32-year-old. He accepted that qualifying offer from the Mets before last season. 
the two sides tried to work towards an extension that uh, never really picked back up in terms of momentum. And then he was obviously traded in August to the Brewers. A reunion would be good for the Mets, do you believe? Or do you believe there are still some things that would hang up that deal, potentially injuries or, or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, and that's that's the million-dollar question. If you knew that Neil Walker would be healthy, I think certainly a, a reunion would be good for the Mets. But he is getting a little older, a little up there in age. Uh, he has had those pretty major back problems, which is always something that is going to scare off prospective teams. And I think the other thing you kind of hinted at it there with the contract extension, um, you know, Neil Walker is the kind of guy who has always liked the idea of, of planting his roots somewhere. He tried to work out a long-term deal with Pittsburgh early in his career, where he was from. And I think, uh, you know, in a perfect world for him, he never would have left the Pirates. He would have uh, been born and raised and, and retired there in Pittsburgh. Uh, it didn't work out. And once he came to New York and really liked it, it was close to home. It was uh, a market that maybe he didn't consider in the past something that he would have enjoyed, but he did enjoy it. And uh, as, as you mentioned, there were some preliminary talks about a potential extension and that didn't work out either. So I'm not sure Neil Walker is going to be super thrilled with the idea of maybe taking a one-year deal somewhere. Of uh, you know, I think he can, he's the kind of guy who kind of wants to set his roots and maybe sign a contract and know where he's going to be for a few years. And I don't know if the Mets are going to be willing to do that. Um, but if you just talk about the player in a bubble and what he could bring, uh, obviously, you know, hits for a nice average, plays some decent defense, hits for good power from the second base position uh the mets know what neil walker is about on the field they since day one they loved his leadership aspect in the clubhouse they loved the way he integrated himself uh really as the new guy in town on a veteran team at the time um he he did well for himself and and i think he's the type of player he's exactly the type of player the mets need um but there are as you said significant questions about his health and uh ultimately that could derail a deal Let's move on to the bullpen. Obviously, the Mets need to add a few pieces there, especially if they're going to have a strong and healthy rotation in 2018. Who do you believe that's out there right now could be a good fit for their pen? Yeah, I mean, you look at the relief market, I, I see, you know, one distinct top tier, uh, and that's Greg Holland and Wade Davis, two guys who are going to want to be closers somewhere. And I don't think the Mets are going to be in on either of those guys. But then you look at that second tier, uh, guys like Brandon Morrow, guys like Brian Shaw. Um, there's a whole bunch of them. You could go six or seven deep. Uh, that's a market that the Mets traditionally have not dabbled in because these are guys who profile as setup men. And Addison Reed type, for example, is another name. Um, guys who are going to get three, maybe even four-year deals on the open market. And Sandy Alderson and the Mets have, have for years had a strong belief that they're just not worth it, that the nature of relief pitching is very fickle. You don't really know what guys are going to do from year to year like you do at other positions. Uh, and so they've avoided that, and they've tried to build their bullpens on the cheap. And I think uh, if you break down some of the things that Sandy Alderson and that his assistant, John Rico, have said this offseason, uh, even some of the comments that Mickey Calloway, the new manager, has made, is that the Mets realize that the game has changed and that these relief pitchers are very, very important, and especially with the way the Mets are, are talking about working their starting rotation, not letting pitchers face the batting order the third time through. You're going to need some durable, dependable, 
really, really good relievers. So I think, you know, if there's one place this offseason when the Mets are really going to splash and really kind of exceed expectations in terms of what they're going after, it would be the bullpen. And I do expect them to get someone in that second tier. Uh, Brian Shaw is a name that has come up again and again and again, obviously familiar with the Indians, with Mickey Callaway. Um, but it could be a Brandon Morrow. It, it, it could be a reunion with Addison Reed. It could be a, a Juan Nicasio. Or there's any number of names in that second tier that are really, really good pitchers. And uh, I think certainly the Mets will sign one of them. I think they're going to talk to the representatives uh, for just about all of them, and we'll see where it ends up. But if you pair you know, a minimum of one of those guys with Jerez Familia, A.J. Ramos, and Jerry Blevins at the back end, uh, all of a sudden you've got a pretty good foundation back there, which is something the Mets really didn't have going into 2017. All right, how about a player that will definitely be with the Mets next year? And the latest on Michael Conforto is uh, positive news, which is good, recovering from that left sh- shoulder surgery that he had there in September. He should be swinging a bat by late January. I mean, fans have been freaking out waiting to hear what's going to happen with Michael Conforto. It sounds like he's going to be good to go for spring training. Uh, do you see any limits to him potentially for opening day or early in the season? Yeah, I, mean, I, I would still be surprised at this point if he's ready for opening day. And, and frankly, anyone you know, who can say one way or the other right now as we stand here in November is lying. It's going to be impossible to tell where he is at until he really ramps it up in February and even into March. Um, you know, it's it's possible he's ready to go. He's there. I think the Mets should and will err on the side of caution. And, you know, that could mean maybe the first half of April he's on the disabled list. And then when he comes back, he's at full strength. And that's kind of the idea is you don't want him – you don't want this surgery recovery to be something that stays with Michael Conforto all season. Uh, when he comes back, you want him to be back for good, and you don't have to worry about it ever again. That was the point of getting the surgery, was that you don't have to worry about this. He's going in, he's getting it fixed, and it's something that shouldn't bother him going forward. So if that, if that means costing him a few days in April, uh, certainly the Mets will take that. Um, but yeah, it, you know, Anything, any progress he's making at this point is, of course, good news. And we're just going to have to wait and be patient and see where he is come, say, March 1st when he's in Grapefruit League games, March 15th. Um, Those are going to be the real important tests because you can do all you want in in a gym. You can do all you want in a physical therapy center. Until you get out there and start doing things at game speed against live competition, there's really nothing you can do as a player to prepare for that. Yeah, sounds good. Even though it's early news, it's still good news, and especially having to do anything with the health of their players, Mets fans are happy to hear that. Anthony DiComo, thanks so much for joining us this week. Enjoy, and we will check in next week. Uh, any sort of rumors, you can check him out on Twitter, follow him there, and he will keep you up to date on all things going on with the Mets.